Welcome to Home Box Office Subscription Television. Begin the day. Look at these newspapers. Oh, it's me, Corporal. Yeah, of course. The crazy thing really works. In who? I saw with my own eyes. Papers these days are full of nothing but crime and violence. Every one of them screaming for our scalps unless we do something. Yeah, I know. Sure is a disappointment to me. Oh, I could have sworn he was on the street. Just going to show him the money to get the process started. The wisdom of Solomon. The strength of Hercules. The stamina of Atlas. The power of Zeus. The great courage of Achilles. And the speed of Mercury. Copy, Bradley. The pair of the Jesus and Phillips. 
From Sacramento, the heart of California, and around the world, Genuine Modern Radio. Radio Flom. The image of death is the beginning of mythology. What do you mean? How is that? Well, Joseph Campbell and Bill Moyers. The Power of Myth. PBS. 1988. And then they didn't see it and they wondered about it? It must have been. I mean, one has only to, you know, imagine what one's own experience would be. The person was alive and warm before you and talking to you. He's now lying there, getting cold, beginning to rot. Something was there that isn't there. And where is it? Our living in terms of humanity, he's living in terms of a system. And this is the threat to our lives. We all face it. We all operate in our society in relation to a system. Now, is the system going to eat you up and relieve you of your humanity? Or are you going to be able to use the system to human purposes? Well, like Luke Skywalker, not going over, but resisting its... its, uh, impersonal claims that doesn't isn't what happens in my life you bet it does if the person doesn't listen to the demands of his own spiritual and and heart life and the world's full of people who have uh, who have stopped listening to themselves but if you think oh gee i couldn't do that you know that's your dragon locking you in oh no i couldn't be a writer oh no i couldn't do what so-and-so is doing. And like all heroes, the Buddha doesn't show you the truth, the illumination. He shows you the way to. The way. But it's got to be your way, too. I mean, how should I get rid of fear? The Buddha can't tell me how I'm going to do it. There are exercises that uh, different teachers will give you, but they may not work for you. Um, And... uh, All a teacher can do is give you a clue of the direction. He's like a lighthouse that says there are rocks over here and steer clear. Well, the ancient myths were designed to put the mind, the mental system, into accord with this body system, with this inheritance of the body, to harmonize The mind can ramble off in strange ways and want things that the body does not want. And uh, the myths and rites were means to put the mind in accord with the body and the way of life in accord with the way that nature dictates. Boys and girls, your attention please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. Faster than an airplane, 
more powerful than a locomotive, impervious to bullets. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's... Luis Hernandez. A being no larger than an ordinary man, but possessed of powers and abilities never before realized on Earth, as though it were paper. As our story begins, we ask you to come with us on a far journey. And now... Lewis Talks Mythology and Other Things with Blue. had sessions with psychiatric professionals or counselors and we were like I yeah. hope you put professional in quote end quote they, they always tell me I have the capacity to be normal I just don't want to be and I was which like, is hilarious because what is normal yeah I mean like, uh, like well normal is asleep you know <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently I, well, that is some, I, that might be you know that's I, w- I can only say that that's probably uh, from uh, that's a side effect of our culture of what this normal is I love I love talking about Superman because I feel like I'm super jaded. Um, I feel like he has always been a character, and every time I have witnessed either the movies or the comics, it's always funny to watch Clark Kent, his alter ego, be like scared of everything and not want to be Superman. I think that's one of my favorite parts about Superman. Superman movies, with the exception of like the Christopher Reeve ones that I grew up with, yeah. they really don't approach that character correctly. Because it's like, oh, how is you know what is God amongst men? And it's like, no, this is God as man, man. Like, like God wants to be a man. That's Mm -hmm. kind of cool. Like let's tell that story. But I I do like where, where, you know, you have these stories, these, um, these origin stories, if you will, where, yes, you need to have points, these meta points, but they can be visited in a different way. Like the Epic of Gilgamesh, where, it's like he he finds um, Unapishnu and, oh, yeah, we've had floods. I survived a flood. That's how I gained mortality. Gilgamesh is a Superman in his own right. The idea that Christian scholars were really afraid of, you know, oh, my God, this epic was found on 12 tablets. And it describes a contrary viewpoint to our creation myth. And it's like, dude, mm-hmm. it's a creation myth, bro. It's yeah. Like, pull bro. back. Pull back, you, you know? You know what's great about this, too, is I have the the honor of being a woman. So I have a very different viewpoint of these myths, creation myths. I tend to lean towards ones where women were not so cast aside, swept under the rug, oh, yeah. or just a vessel for the male, the male hero the male. or whatever, yeah. Jesus, whatever it is. Um, and then just to put a pin in that and then go back one step, because you were talking about uh, Clark Kent again as the country boy and then living, you know, going to the metropolis or whatever. I, I, I wonder if I'm, I believe that is a very telling version of what it was like in America during the time of the industrial revolution, because yeah. I know that this was a time where people were farmers. Everyone was a farmer, right? Everybody. Yeah. 1938 was when the character was created. So it was like, right. It's a capture of America at that time. Right? And the time, the time when all those farmers were taken out of their, their element and put into factories and mm-hmm. put into these horrible roles that people like amazing people like Charlie Chaplin have highlighted with um, 
modern times. I think oh, that's yeah. one of my favorite. I'm going to bring Chaplin up almost in every conversation I ever can because I feel like that man has taught me so much with his, even his silent films. Like he was always on the pulse of his time and so very good at, uh, at conveying those messages. And this is what's fun too, is because we're talking about myth. This is a, an oral tradition that became a written tradition. And now we have media, we have visuals, we have film. Mm-hmm. The thing about Charlie Chaplin, it's like he didn't need sound to, to move. Mm-hmm. Right. His myth exists in a pre-literate culture a prehistory culture where it was just an oral tradition. And in other words, like you don't need to just read myth in order to experience it. it, it I, I read something that was like such an interesting, and again, it's, it's in a lot. Should, should I cite my reference here? Yeah, <laughs> um, let's see. Donna Rosenberg uh, from World Mythology, an anthology of great myths and epics. But I, I remember reading this years ago. And it was just, it just turned mythology on its head because, you know, this, this young man, this young prince or this hero will rise and will put himself in jeopardy. Hero. That, yeah. Always a hero. man. <laughs> yeah. Always a man. But it's like. Except when it wasn't. That's yeah. the thing that is interesting to me. So at some point throughout humanity, the conversation changed. It shifted mm-hmm. towards, you know, male dominance and, and not in all cultures and not in mm-hmm. all religions, but definitely majority or the conversation. I mean, it's, I'm just going to keep referring to yes, what yes. At, at whatever time in, in humanity, it was a conversation. It was whatever people were talking about. And once women became the secondary in all of these stories, it goes without saying that we became yeah. secondary in life. It's like once the man's role in reproduction was understood in spiritual beliefs and the supreme male God began to grow, women's prioritized life bearing ability gave way to brute strength, you know? So that's like the, from the matriarchal society into a patriarch. Right. right. Um, and then, I mean, we could even point to the Greek myths and the, and the Roman myths, which yeah. are the same damn thing. Um, let's be real. Um, but the Greeks, you know, started with the Titans, but they started with Gaia. Gaia is mother earth. And that's always been interesting to me. If, if you could put yourself in the mindset of these people, where do we come from? Well, we live on this thing. We live on this giant earth that is a, a breathing living entity. And yeah. it's always been portrayed as a female. The sun's always been portrayed as a male, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. The, the the first parents are often the gods, uh, the sky, and the earth. The creator God usually fashions the first human beings as part of the earth. So we you know we are of the earth. Is it the one where the mother lays down and she becomes the earth? She her her curves become the mountains, et cetera, et cetera. Ooh, That that's a Native American myth, isn't it? I, that that could very well be. Uh, it's probably like twelve different myths. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I know. It, what do you think about it. sacrifice, right? It's, it's just, it's weirdly been a part of what we have done and we still do it. We have, now we just have the term scapegoat. Um, yes. and we live, and we live in a time of the internet. God, I don't know why I was on John Oliver the other night. Um, they were talking about Monica Lewinsky and right. We changed the myth, uh, about this person and it was so easy to do. And, you know, we don't think about the consequences of it. But we definitely have scapegoats for every situation yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, she was a scapegoat of the uh, Clinton administration and, and, and really um, special interests, correct? Right. Yeah, and it's like the idea that we are post this, uh, we, we are a post myth society. That's wrong. I mean, like, I was thinking about uh, Trump and how, you know, that there's this Babylonian myth about Telepinu, who's like a god who doesn't get along Telepinu. with other gods. Yeah, yeah Telepinu. Telepinu. He is a trip. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, but I mean, like he's 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 a he's just a bad god, and, and like and, and not like a villain or a demon. He's just he was kind of a he was a whiny child. He's an thing, asshole. Right? He, he's he was, an asshole. Um, yeah, he doesn't want to do his job. He doesn't want to. Was he, he the does. one who was sent the bee? His mother yeah. sent him the bee or whatever to yeah. wake his ass up to it, it, do his job. It, it takes the combined forces of God and man to wake him up. 
maybe that's the modern interpretation of the myth is if you are not present if you are not yeah um, joseph campbell talks about this a lot too in uh it's it's the idea of consciousness and it, it explains the times where you have eyes you have ears you have a nose like you have all these sensory input things right mm-hmm. as a human being there's a time where we're in our head in our mind where those things are kind of turned off they're not turned off for real they're just it's like the, the energy is allocated to the part of our brain where we're just sitting in our imagination. And it talks about how you can't choose what you're going to dream that night. Ooh, um, so yeah. there's, this, there's, there's this element to who we are as human beings, uh, what we are, and, ha- and our brains specifically, in that we, we just do have this amazing innate ability to imagine. We all know what that means when we talk yeah. about imagining. And yet, and again, to bring back us living in a what you think or say is like a post-myth society. And when I bring up, what do you think of when you hear the word myth, you don't think about modern Christianity. You don't think about that for some strange reason, although it's all the same thing. Uh, but he, but he talks about, uh, Joseph Campbell talks about this in a modern sense that what weird, it, that's our life. It, it, it's not, it's not contained to books. It's not, it's not just stories. It's, that is our life. We are all on our own hero's journey. He talks about shamanism, sh- shamans. Shamans are in a sense, in whatever culture they are in, they were someone who, as a child, had such a uh, an intense experience of some sort. It could have been a negative, positive. But the point is, you find both of those in in that experience. And you know, to me, it sounds like somebody who just got a huge dose of life and grew up very quickly. Seems um, like you're describing an artist or a creative well, person. Definitely <laughs> an artist or a creative person because they do what they look inward. They spend yeah. a lot of time inside, and that is something that he's that he talks about, and that. That is our modern myth. If, if you are the kind of person who doesn't take moments in time to reflect on who you are and the decisions that you make and, and the repercussions of those decisions and all of that jazz, what are you doing, right? Because yeah. <laughs> the power of myth is it's, it's life. It is what we're doing every single day. It is the decisions that we make every single day. But we do have a great, neat little package. I always talk about how stories and movies and books and people who complain mostly about stories and books. And I'm like, guys, there's like five stories. There's about five stories. You know, there's probably more than that, but there's, there's always someone who needs to go do something, who doesn't initially want to go do something, crossing the threshold. You know, Joseph Campbell laid yeah. it out in a very nice setting for us. If mm-hmm. anybody listening to this does not know what I'm talking about, you need to get on Google. And he gets referenced a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, and it'll ruin Star Wars for you. <laughs> it both ruins Star Wars and it puts Star Wars in a neat little package, and I Hello, love it yeah. so much. Yeah, because yeah. because if you have an issue with the story of Star Wars, if you yeah. have an issue with the writing of Star Wars, it's completely different. Because George yeah. Lucas is a terrible writer. Yeah, was, again, he he was a terrible writer, aided by. I say terrible, but good editor. Well, you would hope knows all of these myths and stories, and is and is. Constantly learning who, what they are and what they are for. I'm definitely a jaded uh, American citizen. I was born here. I grew up here. Mm-hmm. But I am not, a, a, I'm not unaware of cultures around the entire globe. I think, uh, I, I think, God, I love that. That's probably one of my favorite things about me living in my life right now is I've got the internet. I can see all of these things. I can learn about all of these things that just are not intrinsic to my life here. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, and I'm yeah. not unaware of, of my privileges and and what have you i mean but when when you think about it in terms of these are people living out rituals that's where it gets interesting like you have 
you know, the, the passing of, of the bread and the passing of the wine, and this represents blood and flesh, and this is a, a ritual. It, and you, know, you have to uh, be told as a child over and over again, because as a child, you're going, this is just bread, this is just, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like what, what did Carl Jung say, that the um, prehistoric mind experiences myth, you know, like they, they are part of myth? Absolutely, and, yeah. And, and, you know, when you're talking to, um, you know, uh, someone from a more modernist perspective or a cynical perspective, and it's like, uh, yeah, this, this seems like these are very interesting stories uh, moving on, you know? Like, yeah, I think that there's a very jaded sense, I think, in America in general um, mm-hmm. for oh, those certainly, things. Be- yeah. Because well, we, well, we, well, I was going to say I, I'm only aware of our educational system of the, of the past 20-odd years, which mm-hmm. has pretty much been the same for quite a while. We learn about it in school, and good golly, because I've taught kids now for from kindergarten to sixth grade for a couple of years. I get a weird perspective about on how kids are these days. And some many of them are so jaded with what they're learning at school. Yeah. And that's yeah. like I feel like you've never learned this before. How could yeah. how can you possibly be so jaded as I'm sitting here being jaded about <laughs> but no, but I because I also love it. I love I love learning anything and everything that is new to me. But yeah. I, I'm always just so surprised by kids who don't care. They don't care. And I wonder, what do you care about? And they care about video games. And they, they care, care about, about video games. I mean, think about it. You are put, in a video game, you are put into a world that you have to figure out. That yes, is, yes, yes. That's a child. Yeah. It's like, like you know, yeah. we, are, we are in a post-literate society. We're, not, we're no longer in a pre-literate society. We're in a oh, God, that's society. so sad, but so we are. right now, yeah. You and I just read because we're, we're, we're artistic, you know, uh, hipsters with our nuances. But, like, yeah, it, kids just experience screens now. Uh, well, I, I have, and I also have the uh, added benefit of having three siblings who are much younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for since their birth, I have only given books as gifts. Um, and, and especially obviously books that I, I've tailored their taste, right? I've, yeah. That's what children are. You give them things yeah. from your perspective. Uh, yeah. but I've only given them books and books that I've read and, and, and books that I haven't read that I think that they might like because they've started yeah. to become their own people. I just shared something on Facebook the other day about how people should pick up another book because the Bible is not, it's just not good enough. You know, it's, it, there's so much more in this world and there's just, there will always be so much more. And it saddens me deeply that there are large groups of people we want to stick with the one, the one myth, the one book, the one story, whatever it is, right? And they use yeah. it. And, the, and there's probably those parents. They use mm-hmm. it to ward off any other thing. A good start, though, because, like, okay, I, my introduction to the uh, Bible was, like, the Old Testament. And oh. I was reading Chronicles. And Chronicles is straight up, like, like it's war and there's friendship and there's death and there's betrayal and the, the war, king friendship death yeah and the king falls on his sword and like the would be prince who was like a shepherd rises from from you know uh, uh, the the dregs of society diamond in the rough and he, he becomes like the best king of this 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 mythical theocracy and it's just like he builds his kingdom and, and his and his children in many ways but he's still fallible and he knows he's fallible and there's there's a beauty and oh, his yeah. humility you know like well that's he, humanity. Yeah. there's so many of us now it's hard to think about the times where there were less and we were more concentrated to the areas that we lived in and we all had leaders we had rulers who, who ultimately always have lesser people below them who are a part of the uh decision making this idea that we will always need a king we will always need a president we will always need whatever bureaucracy is the idea that we always need somebody in charge uh i i i struggle with because i'm one of those people who believes in the alternative, because 
of the idea of imagination, of the idea of myth, all that kind of thing. Like, why is there always someone person in charge of so many of us? Okay, so you cannot have a myth unless you have a society gone wrong, right? I mean, like... I mean, have we ever gone right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, that's just who we are. As humans. You mm-hmm. know, sci-fi really is about our current problems. It's mm-hmm. all sci-fi. It's like, it's like, and um, the imagination that we use to, to, to figure those problems, you know, figure our solutions to those problems. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was talking to a friend about Jules Verne. It's like, Oh, well, he predicted all this, uh, uh, all these inventions prior to their creation. It's like, no, right. yeah, fiction, he didn't. Yeah. No, no. The fiction came. He first. did and he did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the, the, the story came first story <laughs> creates the world. Right. I, I always I just point to the the, communi- the, the communicator on Star Trek. Uh, I love thinking about um, influence, media influence. It's it's literally impossible to ignore, especially in America. Again, I can only speak from my viewpoint. Mad Men came out, and that was a great TV show. It was a, a, a fictional, but you know, very sort of based in realism story yeah. about you know media and advertising what is advertising like it's just a bunch of people i this is what i do i i break everything down i'm a reductionist i guess is a term for it it's just a group of people explain it to me like i'm six what is advertising it's a group of people who study quote unquote study you know uh, groups of people that they that they've grouped up uh, depending on age or sex or mm-hmm. whatever religion and they target you through a series of informational things about details about you, and they want you to buy something that they are, you know, saying is yeah. for you. And you know, I'm very much a Marxist. And one of my favorite quotes about Marx is, or Marxism, is that no Marxist wants to be a Marxist. We don't <laughs> want to, you know, we don't want to think this way. We don't want to realize these things. We don't want to realize what he realized by doing the same thing, breaking yeah. it down, going, "What is money?" What is commodity? What is this yeah. value? Where is this? Where is this coming from? What does it mean? And what does it mean for us now? We're we're living yeah. in it right now. I'm, you know, I'm broke. I'm poor. <laughs> it sucks. I wish I could buy stuff, but I can't. But I also live in a society that's telling me to buy stuff. It has changed how we think, and I, we definitely talked about this. Craig Ferguson, genius comedian. I figured it out. He says it's it's become cool to be to be stupid. And how did it become cool to be stupid? Well, a bunch of advertisers, back when advertising was really becoming a thing that it is today, but the beginnings of it, I mean, and it's been around forever. There's people always mm-hmm. been putting up signs saying, our apples are the best, come buy our apples. And it's up to the individual to sort of sort through it, um, yeah. determine whether it's for them or not. And to me, it's, no longer, it's no longer as effective as it used to be, uh, Blue. It's you think like, so? People only talk about commercials like once a year, and that's the Super Bowl. Oh, but what about your subconscious? Well, that's what I'm saying. And you should know this more than anybody as somebody who does type, right? (laughs) We know know the power of letters. It's our own alphabet, but it depends on the way that it looks. Like there's that great little post that goes around that says like, I'll love you forever or whatever. And then it's like in a nice frilly font versus the the terrifying, ragged, like (laughs) psychotic looking font, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... We're manipulating visuals. Yeah, but that's that's what design is. It's Mm -hmm. you you are taking a message and you are encoding it into uh, this uh, advertising. uh, You know, either like a layout or an animation or you know a a a web page. But the thing is, people are wise to this now. 
I'm going to need you to go ahead and put in your normal people brain then for a second and really (laughs) say that again, because I just don't believe it. I perfect example is I am in LA. I'm in in Los Angeles. I'm in West Hollywood. I've, I've walked down the streets of West Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, on, on the, on the simple fact of visual, on a visual basis, on a judging a book by its cover, Instagram people here, there are Instagram famous models. And I have seen them all over the place getting their picture taken in front of a nice looking thing. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You're selling yourself on this platform that is so easily accessible by people. And it, and it, and it is changed the, by this hashtag, which is an algorithm used Mm -hmm. by computers to continue to feed to its, uh, users, the same thing, the same you know, I think over and over and over again, which is makeup or prettiness or clothes or again, just things to buy. But like these people are going to make a living about honest for probably the next five, 10 years. But what mm-hmm. the hell is it? And that advertising has become people like in terms of like content and like what we're watching now is as a culture, video production and audio production and podcasting and, and videos, they are they are, are to us now what the printing press was to yeah, people. Yeah, podcasts. Were I mean, we're doing one right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you're totally right. It is this weird other uh, – uh, and what we're exactly. doing is is going in, in and figuring out why we, we talk the way that we do. Yeah, yeah. But see, that that's what advertising has become. So, like, we do this podcast and then we stop and we sell razors or, um, <laughs> you know – uh, uh, right a, a new app or something like, like no well let's let's not let's not you know be you know let, let's 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 continue the jaded perspective i mean like like yeah, yeah let's continue yeah. the jaded well, perspective <laughs> yeah. why do you think we 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 see, seek escape so much as um, we have the ability to i mean how can you ignore especially as an artist like i can't ignore this it's innate thing that's been in me i talk about how i've been an artist my entire life I've been drawing, something's been coming from my brain going to my hand and being put on paper through, you know, pen and ink or whatever forever. Yeah. So, right. We're always going to wonder because we don't know. We just simply don't know why, you know, which I argue the reason why is to just live, but we don't Um, know. Meta modernity. Have you heard of meta modernity? Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's it's a post postmodernism, right? That's the other the other term for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Foster Wallace and you know the new sincerity. It's like, you know, we have the knowledge of modernity. This is not a pipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 a Magritte there. And Rick and Morty. I could because I could use Rick and Morty as as a, as a, one of the I think the highlights of the conversation of modernity today. Yeah, but, but like, Harmon puts it's these very things. new. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and that's, and that's meta modernity because there's moments in Rick and Morty that are like you know really it's discovering itself, right? And like talking uh, about yeah. One of my favorite people uh, is Jonan Vasquez, the comic book artist and person responsible for Invader Zim, which is a beloved cartoon show, oh, which was another show that was kind of ahead of its time and is coming yeah. back. His experience with like Nickelodeon, like Jonan talks about being sort of. Uh, confined by these guidelines and like these are we talk like arbitrary rules but it it's rules that are meant to uh cater to a young audience right and now we're talking about like rick and morty and adult swim and like invaders in was kind of ahead of its time and ahead of its mm-hmm. network it had always been trimmed it had always been edited it has always been you know he had ideas but that it would never make it into the show because they were not, you know appropriate for children um and, and now adult swim is this network that's like 
fuck it, guys, come on, like, come on here, we'll do whatever the hell you want to do, like, comedy is important, man, there's not enough comedic myths. (laughs) So often in art, it is the constraint. Um, Yeah, you know, they could never use red for blood in a cartoon show for kids. Exactly, that's why why it has such an interesting color palette of, like, purples and greens, you know? We claim to adhere to rules, I mean, that's... Our there's another word for it. I mean, religion. You know, the the culture that these have rules, uh, a set yeah. of ideas that we're supposed to keep in mind to determine how we act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If robots had religion, then Isaac Asimov's rules would be the tenets of their faith. You know, I totally argue. This is something you never really see, but I totally argue that that. Well, and actually, that, that's a damn lie. Um, you see it now more than ever. I just saw Alita Battle Angel the other day. Oh, I, I it. yeah. oh, it's but I always imagine like it would never we would be its god, you know? Would it Yeah. And it's like weirdly, would it want to destroy us as yeah, its can, god? But it's like if you want to sit here and think about it, how much of us have destroyed our own god? I have. The the, the kingdom of God is within you. I mean, oh well like, Jesus Jesus says a lot of stuff and Jesus is a great example. But unfortunately for Jesus and everybody who claims to do things in his name, uh-huh. as we know, it's never really been. It's always been the antithesis of what Jesus talked about. Yeah. It, yeah. The actions of people in doing things in his name have, or God have always been just the absolute damn opposite of what mm-hmm. he talked about. It's like, why is it so hard for you to, you know, to practice the ideals that he preached I found over time, I can't ignore the slight positive aspect that there is of religion, which, but to me it is still, is always going to be a, con- a tool of control. And, and what is a religion without all of its people? So if you don't collect enough people, it falls apart. So what is mm. the modern, you know, what is the dominant one in, in the world that we have today? It's still Christianity. Yeah. It's still, you know, it's a, just a subsect of Catholicism or whatever, but it's the same yeah. uh, Anglo-Saxon, you know, like ideal of the, the big bearded dude in the sky yeah. and, and how we need to live according to that guy, which again, once you start hearing about all these other myths, you're kind of like, damn, I wish Odin had my back or, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, Set was pretty great, and Isis and all of these things. Not Jesus, uh, Isis, the the Egyptian goddess. Not um, the ones. When you dissect the word holy, you know the whole from every given perspective. What's important, and you know certainly the ground you're standing on is important. important. Yeah, the air is important. That's the message too. Uh, It's 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 not, and there's no answer. I mean, there there are answers, right? But what is important? It's just that's what it is. That's what life is. That's what you know, myth is. That's what religion is. That's what our story is. What is important? Radio Flom. Founded 1923. Uh, Katie Rain is a storyteller hailing from Austin, Texas. Katie weaves her personal narrative into music through woeful ballads detailing her experience with domestic violence at party bangers. Here is Bad Kids.
for Katie Raincan on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Bands in Town, and of course, katierain.com. All right, class, let's get together. Class? All right, I know you're all in second grade. Yeah. Uh, but we second have to. Grade. Yeah. Great. Thanks, thanks, Julie. Thanks for piping up every time I speak, huh? Oh, not you're so welcome. Sm- <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was waiting. Not so smart now, are you? Anyways, uh, we have to get prepared. You have a really wet mouth. I had a soda earlier. Oh. And don't tell adults how wet their mouths are, Julie. You're in second grade. It's creepy. I told you it's creepy. Yeah, I know. I know it's creepy. I'm smart and creepy. Well, we established that as a character trait. Good job, Julie. So now, everyone, we need to get together and prepare ourselves for the blue event. I'm not sure. Uh, they handed it down to me. They said, prepare the kids for blue, blue, day. blue day. Blue day. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like St. Patrick's Day, but we wear the blue. Yeah, go ahead and talk among yourselves. <laughs> Pay attention to me. Great. So, blue day. I'm going to write it on the board. Blue day. Write it on the board. Okay, good. There we go. Excellent. Blue day. Uh, when we don't wear blue, what happens? We can't take pinch. Pinch is taken by St. Patrick's Day. Just free thought ideas with, with second graders. Uh, Julie, I know you have an idea. Just say it. Yeah, I got an idea. Okay. Um, Leviathan breaks through the ground <sighs> and does a giant whale flop on all the people who didn't wear blue. And everyone in their family, because a whale's really big, and when it flops, it's not just going to center on one person. Mm-hmm. It's going to be mass carnage. Okay, look, there's a lot going on there. I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm right on the board because it's the first idea I heard. I'm just going to write on the board. Leviathan kills everyone that isn't more blue. Great. We are we are uh, ways away from the ocean, but that's fine. I'm sure Leviathan could figure something out. Billy? You yeah, you. You're the only other kid I know by name. So, I'm asking you. You know my name's William. I prefer William over Billy. Alright, well, I'm gonna just write that on the board. Doesn't make any sense for a blue day, but I'll just write it on there. My name's William, not Billy. Yep, okay. Yeah, that sounded alright. Good. Alright, anybody else? Open ideas. I have an idea. Melvin. <laughs> yes, Melvin. Why don't we instead of Melvin? Yeah. Are you eating flies? Are you eating flies right now? No. Okay, good. That would be weird. Okay, good. I need these credits. I'm a TA. I'm your TA. Oh, that's right. You look so, you're so hunched over. I thought you were a child. I've been grading all these papers mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. How about on Blue Day? Yeah. Everybody gets a day off if they're wearing blue. You know what? Not a second grader, but I'm going to take it right on the board. We're going to. Yes. So three ideas. Um, great. This is great. Well, that's class. Uh, recess, everybody. Let's go outside, take a break, come back. I can take a break. No, Melvin, you stay here. Okay.
Also, Melvin, that's turquoise, not blue, so it would not count. Just so you know for later. But I am wearing a blue tie, therefore, if your idea wins, I'm gonna take the day off. In fact, I'm taking the day off. Bye! Flom Presents. Far 2 3. Das Blue Event. Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. Celebrates 100 years of Bauhaus. Hints on letterpress printing and art. Live Jazz Combo. At a photography studio. Location in Sacramento, California. Everything Blue. Details at facebook.com slash flomos. Or at flom.us slash 423. I'm right now listening to Radio Flom and enjoying it immensely. Bauhaus without the house. And now, Titan, by Wake the Fuck Up.
This is Radio Flop. I've never met such strength as yours. Why don't the two of us join forces? I was thinking the same thing. In all the sagas of valor and violence, of breakneck action and hair-raising adventure that have endured from the age of legend, three names stand out above all others. Hercules, Samson, and Ulysses. Reckless in action and in love. Defying the treachery of Delilah, the most beautiful and seductive woman of her time. Hercules, come in. The bloodthirsty legions of the Philistines, slashing, burning, looting, torturing, and enslaving all the women. The original of Olympus today has Hercules as his best friend, Theseus, battle to determine who is the mightiest of all. The original. Join us at his side, standing there with pride. Victory is here, raise a mighty tear at the side of... This is Milk Surface. I'm in uh, Doris, California. It's about 11.52 p.m. And it's about 42 degrees out. I am surviving by burning flyers of Radio Flom. Please send help. And now, TKI Media. Destroyer of Worlds. We stay the course. We are dead. We are all dead.
Let's play. statues around the well of Alanda where she was born in the water deep of anxiety and the well screamed back and she learned to whisper and a crow and the prophets who came near they petrified in salt around the well in a desert the well was in a desert and now a raven came and turned white and tough salt. And upon that raven touched the one prophet around the well of Alanda in the lands where all trees had become rocks. And now the columns of salt, the sculptures, Ithana receives all the feet of magic and also a raven and an eagle and a panther came to her and she and Alanda dissolved the columns of salt and they withered in mists and their spirits now were sent forth to the world. trees became alive and marched and slayed the putrid world and incarcerated Aeliel and incarcerated the future and they had built the walls of Ethereum while reality could never get out. And what is in reality and what's in the imagination is true and what you see is true God and Ethered go. Go and alive, go God, do, do God, alive, devil, five, live, devil. And Aeliel said for the first time to vengeful Hethred, 
that wept at the side of a piano, and he absolved hatred insanity. And then he cried for the first time, and then he said to hatred below, Lay. And she lay, and Anithyan I called the armies of Rothhalm, who were now free from their dungeon arena. which they screamed. When you sometimes find that everything you do seems to go slower, 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 you may be suffering from middle-aged slowdown caused by irregularity. Let Carter's help you enjoy life again as you should. What a difference Carter's made in my life. Carter's. Carter's relieves middle-aged slowdown when caused by irregularity. Everyone has supposedly two angels. Well, <clears throat> to speak on this, two angels, one on each shoulder, one sort of overcasting the other, one sort of putting the other in place with you in between. The ones who govern that side of the invisible world with the higher being, the ones who created them, it just seems as though as many people are populated here on the earth with each one having two angels there are more angels than there are humans therefore the invisible is now the question on a daily basis being able to feel the temperature feel out the normalcy and attitude to approach that which is safe if you wake up right into danger you have no choice but to react. And if your reaction is wrong, it could put you in a vulnerable spot. There are people that wake up every day, and in some cases, you're able to wake up as a superhero, one that's not only able to conquer your own problems, but to almost save another person's problem, or perhaps save the world. If you've ever met a superhero, you're a lucky one. We in our make-believe world would all like to somehow be superheroes, even if it was to ourselves. But to keep that mind frame, as soon as we wake up every day, we have that ability to be our own superheroes. Just take a pencil and paper, for instance. You could manifest and create some things on our levels as humans. We could actually do a lot more in creation. Now, where creation follows into being a superhero? Hmm. It's almost like wishing for money to come raining out the sky. But until then, if you perplexed your mind into being a superhero, if you were struck by lightning and able to predict people's futures or be some sort of medium that is able to speak to those who have passed away or moved on to those who are still in question, well, so be it. Be that superhero. Let's talk about other people who meditate, who are able to be insightful, read their blue pearl, understand things before they even get to them, summarize or are able to avoid fight before the fight comes. I mean, those are my type of superheroes. 
maybe those that challenge the hundred down to one, those are brave superheroes. But let's not get caught up in flying as a superhero off the cliff the first time without having those wings tested. Let's not approach jumping out of planes and thinking somehow we're gonna make it down like Tom Cruise with no parachute. Let's stop playing chicken with cars that are coming ahead of us. Let's try to take on intellectual accountability with those who are just pure destruction and feel their supremacy overrules all.
That was Super Crush by 8mm. 8mm can be found at 8mmlovesyou.com and on Spotify. And 8mm official on Bandcamp, Instagram, and Twitter. You're off and running! With bright eyes shining, with bright eyes shining, The painted face on the street. Caricature of Lorigo. Oh, they were young and oh so sweet. Down beyond the boulevard. No condors and empty hall. And still sometimes remember. The masqueraders forever. The masqueraders forever. Berlin. 1982. Behind the Mask Steve Mahalo Talks to Victoria One half of the cosplay duo The The Valkyrie Sisters It's me and my sister, we specialize in armor, twins, and large weaponry No idea, I haven't seen her in years <laughs> um, But uh, there was uh, when I got home from school on that Friday, I messaged her, hey, I can't wait for your birthday tomorrow. I, I talked to my coach so I can get off of practice early so I can go and enjoy your birthday party and you're going to love your present. She messages back, oh, you're no longer invited to my birthday. And my response was, why? And she's like, you're no longer my friend. So uh, I blocked her on social media and then I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? I know what her cosplay is going to be for the upcoming uh, anime convention. Why don't I go there and I dress up as the rival character. And I dress up as this rival character. I step out of basically the car and all of a sudden I, um, I got asked by a photographer, Toshi Studios, who I still work with today. I took my revenge and I put it to good use. And I think that's a very useful way. I feel like a lot of younger people should look at like some form of art or, or some sort of like, hey, I'm not going to stoop to this person's level. I'm going to be better than and then show it off because that's the kind of person I want to be. You've made the jump from cosplay into fashion. I do fashion as kind of like to kind of combine my hobby of cosplay and my interest in business. Uh, it's very interesting how the two kind of overlap. Fundamentally, fashion is just another form of costuming. How you dress yourself and how you present yourself is you're just dressing as yourself. It's the same with cosplay. When you're dressing up, you're not necessarily dressing as somebody else, you're just dressing as you in your own different way. I mean, a shirt is still a shirt. Every time I talk to you, uh, I, I ask you what you're working on and then I get like this incredible story. Well, um, right now I've been hugely into the Fate series. I've been in the Fate series for about a year, year and a half. I've made about seven or eight cosplays from the series. 
The more known names are Fate Grand Order, Fate Zero, Fate Heavenfield, Fate Last Encore. There's a lot of Fates of Fate Apocrypha, but uh, the Fate world is uh, where you have mages who summon heroic spirits, which are from myths and legends and historical figures. And these characters show up as the embodiment of their myths and legends, from their outfits to their personalities. So let's say Lancelot. He has the power to disguise himself because in uh, Thorin legends, he would actually disguise himself and infiltrate different castles. Uh, cosplay is just like a huge saturation of loving myths and legends. Your superheroes are a myth and a legend. They're powerful being that has human characteristics which are relatable. So when you go onto Instagram, you see all these people having these beautiful lives, and this is actually a myth that they created themselves of themselves. They're not actually living this life, they're just showing it. In superheroes, we see that these powerful beings have problems, they have drinking, they, they, they've lost people, how they got there, they had to give up parts of, the, of their life, and I mean, we have... Um, our oldest in legend is Gilgamesh and Enkidu. And the thing is, is that if you dive into the mythology, they were more or less kind of a gay couple. And <laughs> by like people saying, oh, we didn't have gays in the past. And I'm like, um, our oldest written text says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> people misconception about animes is only Bleach, One Piece, Naruto, and uh, I think like fairy tale or something like that. But there's about 250 titles that come out every single year. So if you like add them all together, just in the past like five years, it's a couple. It's like a thousand or so animes, and uh, that's that's a lot of animes, and they cover all sorts of topics. It's cosplay is very interesting that you. Uh, there's a lot of rules and regulations and people don't really, if you go to a convention, you, you think it's complete chaos, everyone's wearing random stuff, but everything it, is regulated. It's, uh, it's very structured. Um, I got involved in, I was invited in to play Uncle Fester, which means I'm a little bit older mm -hmm. now from the Adams Family. And I, I like talking to people. I'll walk up to people randomly and talk to them, which scares the hell out of some people. I was at SAC Anime, and I was uh, talking to a lot of people. SAC Anime. And I see the same thing going on in a classroom, mm -hmm. too. And um, a few things I noticed. Uh, shy people, other people who are not shy, weird relationship problems, and it seemed that everyone had a restraining order against someone else in the room. <laughs> That's because you went to SAC Anime. <laughs> um, th there's different types of cons, uh, anime conventions out there. Um, if you're in Northern California, I highly recommend Fanime. It's very communal. I also recommend uh, Kraken Con because they're, if you want to go to a small con that's very much about like friends and talking to people, uh, probably Kraken Con's the best choice. Even though when it started, it was not what it was. They had to change directors a couple of times before it got to this point. Fanime has its own problems, it's a bigger con, but uh, the atmosphere is much more friendly. Uh, Sack Anime, um, if you've been in the cosplay for as long as I have, or even like half as long, you would know that Sack Anime is the beginner's con. 
It's the con that people who are just starting out in the convention scenes, tweens and teens, which tend to have more drama than the adults, way more drama than the adults, uh, are the ones going to sack anime. So they're the ones that are going to have the drama and the restraining orders and all <laughs> this going on because they haven't quite like integrated well or uh, I don't know how to they're just starting out and they well, find problems with everything and everybody around them also with uh, going on with that is that with anime and stuff like that you have fandoms when you have a young fandom they tend to be very toxic but if you have an older fandom they tend to be very more encouraging or a fandom that's not as well known bad news sells better than good news everybody hates each other you can't do this you can't do that there's terrorists and stuff like that but that's a myth that the that our news stations are creating. There was a journalist years ago told me, if you want to get a story picked up by a magazine or a news organization, get some conflict in there. Mm -hmm. Get some sort of fight going on. People like fights, we like gossip, we like seeing horrible things happen to other people, which that's what Greek theater was all about. Mm -hmm. Let's go watch someone have a miserable existence. I, I think what's going on in, in Washington right now is we're watching a huge reality show where unfortunately a lot of people are getting hurt and we're loving it. We're tuning in all the time, and we're addicted to this stuff. We're making everything a spectacle. I mean, if Dad's an accountant, he says, okay, when I was little, there was um, shows that, that were coming out, and the first one was uh, Young Lawyers, and everybody watched it. It was a giant hit. There was people yelling at each other. And the, it was such an excess that they're like, okay, we'll I'll make a new show, Young Doctors. And again, you have conflicts like life and death situations, uh, guardians and parents being uh, upset and confrontational with doctors. You had all sorts of stuff going on. They're like, okay, next professional they made young accountants and it bombed it bombed so bad nobody wanted to see an audit nobody wanted to see uh accountants going over how to balance a checkbook nothing like there was no excitement in the fact that there was no confrontation of any sort i mean i mean you don't turn on the tv you're expecting a car chase or something like that but you don't expect um, okay, I need to fill out all these forms so I can request uh, more boxes of pens for officers to go out and write tickets or something like that. Make anger a driving force to become better. That's how I got into cosplay. Was, right. I, was, I was being creative with the anger that I had towards this one friend. I took my revenge and I put it to good use. And I think that's a very useful way i feel like a lot of younger people should look at like some form of art or or some sort of like hey i'm not going to stoop to this person's level i'm going to be better than and then show it off because that's the kind of person i want to be one of the things that i talk about a lot in my classroom as a teacher is the importance of practicing something because mm -hmm. you'll notice every time you do something you're going to get a little bit better at it mm -hmm. And right, uh, right now, uh, I have some really brilliant students who are really falling into my assignment trap of do this every week and look, you're getting better. And then I have the other ones who will barely do one because they want to do perfection right off the bat. 
There was actually this quote I have from, believe it or not, a British cooking show. Always do your best. Your best may not be somebody else's best, but always try your best. Yeah. I really hate it when people compare cosplayers. I, I like to see people grow from mm -hmm. where they began. I, I tend to also take on um, kind of like a mentorship where I just take on these younger cosplayers. I kind of, I tell them, uh, kind of like the process. I let them do their stuff. If they get stuck, I can give them suggestions how I might approach the problem, but I won't do something for them or make it for them because I think that that's the best way to make somebody grow is just kind of... I, I, I could go on and on because yeah. that's my whole teaching technique, yeah. which is you, you just have to stand back and let them mm -hmm. go. And a bit, some of the biggest fights I ever had with students is, won't you tell me what to do? Tell me what mm -hmm. to do. And it's like, okay, I gave you... Uh, a whole bunch of resources. Mm -hmm. You should go look at them. And then I gave you a problem to solve. And your solution is in those resources. Now, mm -hmm. I can solve the problem because I have experience. You need to get that experience. You have to go wrestle with that problem and solve it. And when students do rise to that challenge, uh, it's really People incredible. Don't, uh, when you first go to a convention, uh, actually, there's a huge difference between anime and cosplay conventions and comic con and one of the big things is comic cons are tend to be filled with people who do not know convention courtesies and stuff and so i'll have i've i don't go to comic cons anymore i have problems with people looking at my skirt i have problems with people being too handsy i have problems with taking uh, people taking photos without my permission and a lot of the times when they take pictures without permission, it's not appropriate photos. They're like the down, uh, looking down your, your uh, cleavage. You, you could go to a bar for I, that. I can go, uh, go to a club and get more, uh, <laughs> more, more respectful stuff. But the thing is, is that since comic books and comic cons have become so mainstream, people are now going to comic cons and they don't understand that there's rules and regulations in place to protect cosplayers. I'm not getting paid as a cosplayer. In fact, I spend hundreds, thousands of dollars to do this hobby of cosplay. I don't want you touching my props without my permission because I've had people take my prop, run around with it and break it. And that was a prop that took me uh, two weeks to make and six hundred dollars. Are you going to reimburse me? No, because apparently it's just a prop yeah. to these people. Like it, it's something that could be easily bought. And I'm like, most of cosplay is people making their costumes. Okay. Um, one thing is, uh, you always have to think about the weather. So if you're <laughs> expecting hot weather. Maybe wearing that full suit of tank armor is not a good idea, but I still do it. Um, or it tank might armor be, with a lot of skin. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's uh, also like, uh, is it pouring rain? Maybe the swimsuit isn't the best option. <laughs> but you know what? Cosplayers are still going to wear that. Um, yeah. uh, just kind of going, okay, is this going to kill me? No. Will it be uncomfortable in the extreme? Yes. Okay, that, uh, that's your, your answer right there. <laughs> The show was called Log Horizon. It's an isekai show. It, um, the book was actually written by Sword Art Online. For some reason, people think that uh, Sword Art Online was the original, but it was actually Dot Hack or Tron as the original like isekai. But um, Log Horizon was kind of like this under the radar kind of show. Uh, that was popular enough that people would recognize it, but not popular enough that. Um, 
it was you could see that many cosplayers up. So I went to this convention, and me and my sister were dressed up as Vocaloids. Uh, Len and Ren, the twins, because we do twins. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've noticed yeah. that, although I've never actually seen your sister, so uh, I'm she, convinced she doesn't exist. Oh, she does. <laughs> she's, she's in Los Angeles studying to be an engineer, so oh, okay. uh, that's why you haven't seen her, because she's... Uh, so we went down to Anime Expo, actually as a win, we saw some Lock Horizon cosplayers, and we are like, hey, are you doing Log Horizon tomorrow? The conversation about the series, and they're like, "Hey, do you have any pictures of your cosplays?" And uh, I bring it up on my phone. I, I think I just had gotten Instagram. I showed it to them, and they they pretty much like had a heart attack. And you're like, oh, "You're the cosplayer." I'm like, "What do you mean the? I didn't know that there was a the in my name, but apparently there's a the mm -hmm. in my name." Uh, your work does fit the buh. Yeah. I mean, I was I was referred to you by someone in the local fashion industry, and when I saw your work, I was like, oh my god. So, yeah. <laughs> pretty now much, you're blushing. <laughs> pretty much. Um, I found out uh, that these people were actually from, I think, Australia or something like that, and I was just like, what? I'm famous in Australia? <laughs> I didn't know this. This is Katie Rain, and you are listening to Radio Flom. Vote for me to win a grant from TRCOA for $25,000. It includes $4,000 cash and like a music video and a lawyer and help with our business. Uh, it would be a huge help to our careers, and all you have to do is put in your email and click support. The link to vote is blom.us slash vote. Katie, that's K-A-D-Y. Thanks. Love y'all. Spark a light, you caught my heart on fire. Dark eyes, no lies, they grip me with desire. You
postmodern beyond modern. You are listening to Radio Flaw. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a good episode. Hey, Milk here, though. Um, the name of the episode is Myth. And, like, my online handle is Milk Myth. So, yeah, let's just plug that really quick. Mahalo, you know? End this whole podcast without giving me a little bit of uh, advertisement there. Anyways, if you want to follow me, uh, go ahead and check out Milk Myth on all public social media and all that jazz. Heck, while I'm at it, uh, go listen to my other podcast, Nymphomercial. Um, anyways, yeah, whatever. Go flom yourself. Oh, wrong podcast. That was back in the old day. Radio Flom is sponsored in part by Razors. Go buy some razors and use them to remove hair you do not want. And please try to not cut yourself. Safety razors are often safer than regular razors. And remember to change your razors often. Because dull razors are bad for your skin. And bad for you. Be safe, and remember to use razors to be free of randomly growing hair, today. Carter's Little Liver Pills Diego Val Music at DiegoVal.com LTHMMusic.com And our Platinum Blonde Level Sponsor Squadcast.fm Remote Interviews for Professional Podcasters And even if you're not a professional podcaster you'll sound just like one We've had to fight long wars. Your burdens have been great. But we come now to the end of the road. Here, within our reach, golden centuries of peace. From Sacramento, the heart of California, and around the world. This has been Radio Flom. Recorded live before a studio. Contributors this week, in order, were... Steve Mehalo. Louis Hernandez. Blue. Kadir Rain. Alex Side. Kevin Scott Brown. Jeu de Pré. Wake the Fuck Up. Milk Surface. TKI Media. Ali LL de LND. Ron. Hate Me MT. Léa. Victoria de Valkyrjur Sisters. Et le Obi-Wan. Also featured were... Les annonces de Jason Spear, Audrey Daggett, Cliff Allen et R2-D2. Radio Flom is produced by... Steve Mehalo. Avec Milk Surface, comme lui-même. Theme music by Chelsea Davis. Sound design and engineering by Steve Mahalo. Radio Flom is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. However, recordings of contributors or guests of Radio Flom are still protected under international copyright law. 
Radio Flam contains works featured for review, opinion, critique, and or artistic transformation, and may contain adult content and nudity. Want to be featured on Radio Flam? Drop us a note at www.flam.us slash contact. Flam is a modern art game app, art history resource, faux historical art movement that uses new media to generate interest in art history and education. Flam is an online connection to art history, music, and beyond through Tumblr, Instagram, and other social medias. We are all Flamists, and you can be too. Donations graciously accepted at patreon.com slash flamus. We are at Flamus on most social medias. Flam is sometimes explained, but usually not. This is Cliff Allen saying thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed this podcast, well, do something about it. Hi. Today you saw why everyone should be given a chance to prove his or her abilities. Don't put someone down just because they're different from you. And don't put a girl down just because she's a girl. When a person's talents are wasted, it's a loss to all of us. See you next week. <laughs>